Hello and welcome to Hustlers for a Cause, the podcast for growth-oriented entrepreneurs and executives who aspire to create positive change in the world. Are you in business for more than just profit? Then like and subscribe today and join our channel to become a hustler for a cause. Good morning, everyone. And uh, today we've got special guest Ken Andruco on the line. Ken is the owner of a CrossFit gym up in Ramsey and also runs uh, Elite Gym Insiders, a number one community for passionate gym owners looking for rapid growth, along with being a partner at Level 5 Mentors, where he mentors a lot of great uh, companies, both inside and outside of the fitness community. And beyond that, he's got a beautiful home up outside of Calgary, where you can frequently find him taking beautiful photographs and sharing them on Instagram. Uh, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Ken Andruco. Thanks so much, Ken, for coming on the show. And uh, how did you get started as a professional photographer? (laughs) (laughs) The secret behind that is my wife takes great pictures, Sean. (laughs) And and I I frequently get in trouble for not giving her credit. (laughs) Yeah, no, I really love that one you have of like, you have the dog in the river and like all the salmon just sitting there. I'm like, it keeps reminding me that I really want to go on a salmon fishing trip. So when this is all over, I'm definitely uh one day. That was my there. wife taking that. That is directly 300 feet that way from where I'm sitting. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very fortunate to live and have an opportunity to, you know, live city life as well as this mountain life and with social distancing and, whatnot going on these days we've been spending a lot of time out here i don't think my wife has been back to the city in seven weeks so um super fortunate to be able to be out here we've got a wood shop that i can channel my inner geppetto in and uh, (laughs) lots of land and dirt bikes and it, it uh our life hasn't changed a whole lot other than we just get a bit more free time to do some of the stuff that we love to do so where did it all start for you oh man so i'm 53 so going back to the beginning is a long time ago but you know my first job uh, when i was in school uh, was working at my dad's computer store and um, it was 1981 so it was when the ibm pc was first introduced if you can imagine that i'm that old Um, and, uh, I recognized really early on that I was a pain in the ass as an employee, because I was always looking for ways to do it bigger, faster, cheaper. That means I was always trying to find new ways to do things. And when you're working in an environment where there's managers and there's a structure, that's not always the the best approach. And I, I didn't want to be a pain in the ass. So I started to figure out like, how do I not be mm-hmm. without compromising my ambition? And, you know, obviously the, the trend was, okay, well, then you need to own your own thing. You need to start your own thing. And I gifted with way too many ideas all the time. And I have this like kind of a knack to be able to see trends. And I was looking at uh, the, the graphic arts industry, which back in those days, there wasn't much computer interaction. It was like teams of people on light tables stripping together film. And uh, I 
you know, I was like seeing that computers were starting, like the Macintosh had come out and you could see that there was like pagination starting to come together where you could create a document that looked good, mm-hmm. just, just like a magazine looks good when it's done. But now it was happening electronically. So I saw that jump and I had a friend in the graphic arts industry and I was fascinated by what he was doing. And then I thought, well, if we can bring those two worlds together, what would that look like? And it, what it would look like is you would make things faster, be more efficient, you'd make them cheaper and you'd make them better, which means that we could reduce the cost it, it took to produce a product and you would reduce the time it took. So we kind of bought a, some computers, got a small image setter to output film so it didn't have to be stripped together and started playing around with it until we got it to a point where it could be commercialized and then went to some clients and said, we'll cut your budgets in half. And uh, that was the start of my entrepreneurial life. Wow, that's really amazing. So how do you go from that into the fitness industry? What was that evolution like? Well, like most stories, it's it's a long, windy one, but I've been an athlete all my life. So I've always understood the value of fitness. Mm-hmm. In my early 20s, while I was still operating that first company, I got the diagnosis of um, that I had Hodgkin's lymphoma and threw me for a bit of a loop. But that challenge taught me that, you know, health and wellness is the only thing you have. And you can do mostly, mostly you can control it if you do the right things. And so mm-hmm. fitness has always been a big part of my life. I ran a private equity fund for quite a few years. And most of my colleagues didn't understand health and wellness. In fact, they were, you know, all trended towards the other way. Most of them were on their second or third marriages. Most of them were, you know, drinking too much, some doing other things that they shouldn't have been doing. Quite literally, it's like I was constantly being asked, how do you stay healthy when you travel so much? It was that question that led me to like, I want to help these guys. I want to help them. I want to help people understand yeah. the value of health and, and fitness. That, that's really how it got started. Interesting. Um, when, when we divested our fund, it was, I'm going to go back to my colleagues and ask them if they wanted help. Uh, I started by working with their assistants to make sure that they programmed time into their schedule to take care of themselves. Most people at that level are always, you know, their, their assistants kind of run their life, their schedule. And so if the assistant just puts time in for fitness, the person actually tends to do it. Um, and I knew that from my own experience. So that's kind of what we did. It started managing their health and wellness within their careers. And I got, you know, when I first started doing it, I said, I'm going to charge you guys a fortune for it because that's how you value stuff. I get it. And so I ended up with 20 clients, each paying me two grand a month to manage their health. So I was literally one of those first online fitness guys. Yeah. Way, way, way back in the like 2000 before anyone knew what that meant. So what kind of stuff did you do with each client? Was it really just getting them to like set that time in their schedule or did you, you worked online with them during those times and you did it remotely? How did that, how did that work? So I would program all their workouts when they were in town or we were in the same city. I would work out with them and coach them and train them and teach them how to move. And when we were not in the same city, they would have access to their workouts. If they were in, I don't know, Paris, we would, we would know ahead of time 
we'd find a gym that's close by if the hotel didn't have one. If they felt they needed a coach, we would find someone to take them through it. We would take the coach through what the program was that day, and we would manage all of that for them. You know, uh, something I really like about that is the whole concierge concept. Like, it's it's all done for you. It's all, we handle it so you can just go and make sure you actually do it. You yeah. know, and that's... That was their only obligation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's like a big key to, to being successful in business is that same mentality, right? It's making it convenient for others to do right. business with you. Yeah. So I think um, your gym now that you have up in Ramsey is a really remarkable place. And I feel like it's really special and unique. Can you tell me a little bit about what, uh, what makes it that way? Yeah, it's probably not what you think. It's been around a long time. Yeah, 18th year. It started with me having a relationship with my first client, doing a great job with that first client who then told a friend and that friend became my second client. And those two were very like-minded as that first client and I were. And so it really grew upon that first relationship. And I've never forgotten that. And every time that I try to take a step back from the gym, I have to focus all of my attention on my staff to make sure that they sound a lot like me on every interaction that they ever have. So if a client asks them, it, it should feel like I'm still there because of the way the interaction happened with my staff. And I had a, a, a couple of years ago, I have a very good client who's in the hedge fund business and can choose to go anywhere they want to get their training and they choose us. And he said to me one day, he goes, you know, I haven't seen you around much. And I'm like, yeah, sorry, Rob, I'm super busy doing a couple other things. And he goes, no, 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 it's, it's fine. He goes, what's fascinating to me is that I haven't seen you, but it always feels like you're here. How do you do that? And that's the secret. Something else you spoke about before too was you had difficulty being an employee because you always felt like you want to innovate and you want to do things differently. Do you encourage that in your employees too? And if so, how do you balance that with getting your branding and your own messaging and your format across? I mean, we have created in everything, every business that I'm involved in, I'm created an entrepreneurial environment. So mm -hmm. I want everyone that works for us to be curious. That's a number one attribute that I look for. And I want them to be asking themselves all the time is how do I make this bigger, faster? cheaper, more efficient. And I ultimately want people to ask for forgiveness, not for permission, because I want them to make mistakes. And I'm not the greatest operator in the world by any stretch of the imagination. And I know that there are people out there much better than me. So if I, if I put them under some kind of weird bureaucracy, they'll never, they'll always be afraid to do anything. And they'll just be waiting for direction, which I'm not around to give. So how's that going to work? So yeah, I want, I want people to ask for forgiveness. I think you have other unique aspects too, right? Like um, I think uh, one of your co-owners or co-owners at one point was um, in the cattle industry and you brought grass-fed beef locally into it and really uh, it seemed like that almost became a part of what made your gym a special little like community too. Right. Yeah, we, we did that for about three years. That that person is no longer a partner in the gym, but you know, it was it, we we've done lots of things like that, Sean. Like, it, there's always some way to get deeper 
in your relationship with your clients and have mm-hmm. them gathered together. You know, it, it, but it, what it really always boils down to is how good is your relationship one-on-one with your client? That's the thing that you can never forget. Yeah. You're, you're definitely right about that. I mean, that's, you know, it, I think it, 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 that can happen in mass markets too. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Like tell me which of these two companies knows you better Walmart, which is a big company yep. or Amazon. Who knows you better? Who has a better relationship with you? So now I feel like I'm being quizzed and I'm going to answer wrong. But <laughs> I mean, I would say Amazon, right? Because yeah, all of the subscriptions and yeah. Well, about four times a day, you'll get a message from Amazon asking you a question or, or predicting what you're going to buy next. Mm-hmm. They contact you by your first name. They know where you live. They, they have a lot of data to share with you. Walmart, you walk in, nobody knows your name. Mm-hmm. They don't know why you're there and nor do they really care. That's about a relationship. You know, I, I always think of relationships in the physical sense and you can think of them through social media virtually. But when you think of the relationship as the relationship with the brand and the messaging like that, that's such a powerful thought to just really take time and reflect on. I think that's, that's going to be my reflection later this week is just that topic alone. Communication is the most critical thing that you could have command of right now. Yeah. I mean, right now everyone's stuck at home. What, what, what are you doing? Yeah. If you're not communicating, what are you doing? Right. Why do, why do most marriages break down? Lack of communication. Why do most businesses fail? Lack of communication, poor communication. Yeah. That's why. Interesting. Yeah. And I know now there's with the whole current environment and the pandemic going on, there's a lot of environmental factors happening. And for some people that's trying to keep their doors open, that's uh, trying to meet financial obligations. And for others, it's even harder where them or a loved one is directly impacted by this. Uh, how does someone like that overcome these kind of challenges and have you had to overcome a challenge like that in the past? I know you, you alluded to a little bit more uh, earlier to the Hodgkin's lymphoma. How was that Ooh. for you and how did you move past it and overcome it? At first I didn't react well to that diagnosis. I kind of tried to run away from it, but mm-hmm. you can't do that. So, you know, at some point you have to surrender to the treatment and making sure that you are in a good mental state and you have good support around you. I guess for me, it's like in any tough time, what I really try to do is forget about myself and focus on others. You know, uncertainty of your own situation can can drive you into yourself and like into your thoughts and then you start getting negative and it, it's not healthy. So, you know, really just go in the opposite direction. When you start feeling like you're stagnating, go in the opposite direction. And I also focus on you know, creating certainty for others, helping others find an ability to get confidence because of that certainty. Right now, there's, there isn't any yeah. for a lot of people. But what I've always said is like, look back, there's, there's a time in your life where things were a lot worse than they are right now. Yep. Did you get through that? And if so, how? Yeah. And did you come out the other side better or worse? Right. Yeah. So I forget about like in these times, I, I don't think about what I'm selling or what I'm doing. 
I just focus on relationships. Yeah. I don't think about like you're part of a group that we host. The only concern I have is not about getting more people in that group. It's about creating value in that group. Because at the end of the day, if we are really good at creating value and, and you get a positive influence and change from it for your own self, I don't need to worry about selling anything. You're going to bring all sorts of people that way. You know, what's really powerful about that too is a lot of people, especially when they're starting out in business, focus so much on these are my numbers. And if I can get this many people, that means that I can do this. And just in that statement, how many eyes did I say? What you're saying is the complete inverse, which is you, right? How can how can your life be impacting that individual person and starting small and just growing it and just growing the impact through others? And I think that in some ways too, that's that's kind of like where your your mission is, right? And your why. Can you tell us a little more about like what's your why and uh, kind of what you do today? Well, nowadays what I'm what I find myself doing a lot of, and this was not by me planning it out by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination, is that I spend most of my time mentoring and counseling entrepreneurs around the world. Yep. Uh, in any given day, I could be working in 10 different countries on 10 different industries with 10 founder type entrepreneurs. My why, I guess, is that I, you know, somewhere inside me, I believe that I have a lot of positive influence to offer. And I want to positively influence a number of entrepreneurs whose product or service positively influences millions. And ultimately, if I can get to a point where I'm only working with three clients whose product or service positively influences millions, and my influence on them influences the millions, that's my why. That's how you change the world. I have a what I think is an interesting example. Um, it's a movie called The Black Godfather. It, it, it's, it's about a guy by the name of Clarence Avon, who was the influence behind almost every major name in the world that you have ever heard of. But you've never heard of Clar- Clarence Avon. Yep. That's, that's where I'm headed. I can tell because when I, I tried to prep for the interview a little bit, it was like impossible to find anything about you, but I know you. So like I, I could prepare a little bit, but um, yeah, it's a, it's very interesting. And it's a, a very nice place to be to, to, to be creating and having an impact without having to be in the spotlight to achieve it. Yeah. I, I, I want you to be in the spotlight. I don't want to be in the spotlight. Yeah. I um, want to help you achieve your dreams and goals. And that for me is, is really what, is my why yeah and i think a lot of people you know over time people have asked me all why do you do what you do and it's simple i want to make my wife's dreams come true she's got some great ones and she's much more adjusted um than i am Mm -hmm. Uh, and if i can learn from her by making her dreams come true i win yeah yeah definitely happy wife happy life right (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a cliche, but I mean, listen, if her dreams come true, I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it, um, it kind of goes back to the comment you were making before around, even from a business perspective, it's about looking outward and helping others. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of like the impact you want to have on the world, are there like specific things that you would really want to see change in the world? And if so, what would those be? 
Well, I think right now is a great time to, for people to understand the impact their daily decisions make mm-hmm. on their health. If you were to take all of the people who have been impacted by the coronavirus and you segment them, there's a the clear elderly component, which yep. you know, they're just oxidizing. Basically, they're breaking down and they're likely to get this kind of virus and it have a very uh, negative impact on them. There's those who have like systemic issues like uh, diabetes, type one diabetes, uh, asthma, et cetera. Um, so you exclude those groups. The, the number one group really gets impacted by this type of virus are those who make poor decisions on nutrition, fitness, mental well, uh, well-being, financial health, et cetera. It's all preventable. So right now with the current state of the world, if everyone had just taken better care of themselves, we would not be in this position. So I would like to change that. It can be done through tech. It can be done through um, awareness. It can be done through, you know, you think about companies like Apple. Well, what part do they play in all of this? Well, hey, they've got very robust data on health. So they, they, they can play a part in it. Um, they can make it fun. They can gamify health. You know, there, there's, there's, we could almost certainly rid the world of most common disease if people just took better care of themselves. Interesting. Making choices that didn't include food science. Nutrition science is one of the greatest tragedies of our lifetime. Interesting. How so? Um, where they start, when they start genetically modifying food to fit a certain aesthetic or you know none of it's got none of it is answering the question will this make this person feel better or worse that's never the concern yeah it's if we make a new apple that looks like this will more people buy it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter that it makes someone sick an apple is an apple is an apple don't mess with it yeah so when you look at those three ideal clients you'd want to have is there certain industries you'd want to work with for those three clients or certain like types of products or ways that you that they operate that really you would know like they're like the perfect fit no i I think we've got to share very similar values but what i'd be looking at is the potential impact it could have on on the most amount of people in the world so you know you think about tech company like Apple, insurance, like large scale insurance companies who have data on how much it costs per person to maintain type two diabetes. The, the numbers would blow your mind, the kind of money being spent on just that one thing. Yeah. That is completely preventable. I would look at anyone who has potential for large scale positive influence. That's, that's who I want to work with. Sean, how are you handling uh, and what are your views on current state of, you know, where we are with coronavirus, et cetera? It's a great question. Uh, speaking of ways to, to get out of the limelight, <laughs> I mean, at first I had no direct impact from this and I kind of pushed it off to the side and was like, ah, that's something that'll pass, you know, it's just another like flu or swine flu or something that's not going to have any impact. 
Um, so I went out and like traveled at first and did stuff and then, um, came back and things started to be worse than I expected them to be. Then, uh, I live in San Francisco and San Francisco was like one of the first places in the U S to shut down. And I was like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll work from home. Like this can't be that big of a deal. And then we had one of our mastermind groups. And I think like the day after that, my brother and my, uh, fiance's family almost all of them lost their jobs like right away it was like overnight and then i watched the stock market drop like crazy and then i listened to clients tell me that you know they're hitting hardships and they need to figure out ways to move forward and i just saw this rippling effect that just came closer and closer i mean luckily i've been still healthy as of right now but i really tried to kind of take a moment to first accept what's happening and then second try to look at what is the positive from this and for me that positive was first I'm home more often and my wife now is also home so she's teaching preschool from home which is just very interesting to teach preschoolers from zoom but yeah she's uh being home with her and with our animals and just being able to put more energy into that was really special because especially now I've been commuting a lot more and out of the, out of home a lot. So being home now really gives that, you know, a, a much more special place. Uh, also, I decided that while I'm home, I'm going to try to eat better because I can control every meal. I don't have to be out for every meal and I'm going to exercise more. So, which is kind of counterintuitive, but I wasn't going to the gym before, like I probably should have, but I have a treadmill desk at home and we have a dog and we can do walks every day, you know, after we're done working and stuff. So I was just incorporating little tweaks. And I think that sometimes moments like this, like sometimes you need like a shock to hit you, to stop doing things the way you were doing them and force you to change. And so I kind of took the opportunity to use this as that pivot moment and say, okay, what am I doing that's working and not working? And now that I have to do everything totally, you know, work in a totally different way, how do I do that effectively? And what do I change? It's interesting because you talked talked about loss at the beginning of that statement with your mm -hmm. family. And what you turned to was focusing on your opportunities. And I think that's critical. I think everyone needs to forget about the loss and focus on opportunity. And yeah, you know, I didn't really um, make it clear, but I guess in some ways it was almost motivational to say like, well, if I can make things better for myself and for my wife, then we can also build things for our family too and make our family's lives better too. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of like, there was like an inward moment there that it was like directed outwards from things happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I think it's really important to like forget about the event. Yep and just focus on your response. How are you responding to this? Are you moving forward? What's your progress look like? You know, like, yeah, bad things are gonna happen. Yeah. Bad things have happened to you many times in the past. It's, it's about looking at how did you respond to them? The mm -hmm. event itself, is, it comes and it goes. As many, many, many more good things come by way of tragedy than the tragedy ever caused to occur. Right. Like no. if you think about 9-11, that was horrible, but there were many more opportunities that came because of it than there were, you know, devastation. So, you know, 
And that came because people forgot about the event and focused on their response. Yeah, I think you um you had a really good comment the other day about that too of you can't control outside factors, but you can control your response to those yeah. factors. And I think that's really, yeah, where you're getting at there. Yeah. Cool. So I know we're we're getting close to the end here. So I do want to ask you just a couple more questions. So one, if you had to go back and do it all again, what would you do differently? Well, this is probably going to be a terrible cliche, but I don't think anything, Sean. Uh, halfway through an amazing life and um, there's not much I would change. And actually, maybe not halfway through. I actually think I'll probably live to like 121 is what I predict, but cool. uh, I've had a great life so far. Yeah, this is why I need to move up to Canada to get it to your gym. So this way I can also live to 121. So I, you know, I prefer 122. I like even numbers better and a 20 doesn't sound as good. So, <laughs> well, um, you, you know, you, you, you probably just gave yourself an extra 30 years in, in that making that number. If that's the first number that jumped to your head, yeah, you know, and if those extra 30 years are ahead of you, how you use them, if you're still lucid and doing great, how you use them would be the way that you're living anyway or or how you see retirement mm -hmm. why not bring those years forward and start living like you're retired now yeah yeah i think that's something that um that eric was talking a little bit about before which is yeah i mean lifestyle doesn't have to be something that you wait for no everyone you know works so hard to get to retirement and then they don't know what to do put some constraint on your life don't allow yourself to work too hard i only work three and a half days a week on general. Most of those are only half days. So, I mean, I'm already living like I retired. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to, uh, maybe uh, in the future we'll do another interview and I'd love to dive deeper into that and your whole philosophy on time management. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for your time today, Ken. Um, okay. So where can people go to learn more about you and about potentially working with you? Level5mentors.com and five is with the number five level .com. yeah or reach out to you and you can refer them to me um, that's the best way to get to me because um, when people come in cold I usually don't pay much attention um, but when a client and a friend um, suggests that they work with me then I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty stoked about that thanks so much Ken yeah and uh, I look forward to the next time we get a chance to meet See you tomorrow yeah <laughs> absolutely cool hey, Appreciate Take care. You.